Okay, we all know that content marketing engages and educates potential customers, not to mention helping you show up higher on the search engines. But who are we kidding? The time that it takes to write, design, and publish all that content is like a full-time job. That's where Breezy comes in, your new virtual content marketing team. At Breezy, we do all the heavy lifting of digital content marketing so that you can do what you do best, your business. Whether you're a consultant, agency, startup, or small business, Breezy is like adding a new department that allows you to scale without all the risk. To learn more, just head over to breezycontent.com. That's B-R-E-E-Z-Y content.com. Breezy, content marketing just got easier. All right, coffee, notes, mic, recording. Okay, we're ready. Hello, starters. My name is Josh Webb, and you are listening to episode two of the Startup Sanctuary Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to episode two of the Startup Sanctuary podcast. Um, We release every Monday of the week, and uh, this is simply a podcast where we help starters get started uh, and realize their unique vision. Well, last week I mentioned that uh, there are several ingredients that entrepreneurs need to to make their dreams happen, and uh, those were clarity, story, strategy, execution, and sustainability. You'll see me repeat those a lot. I also mentioned uh, that each week we're going to have um, to be tackling a subject within one of those categories. So uh, with that in mind, let's, uh, let's get going with a subject on clarity. Um, and, that is the, and that subject is the first thing that you have to do whenever you have an idea. So whenever you have an idea, here's, here's how you approach it. If you're anything like me, you have about 300 ideas a day, and uh, many of them are, are actually pretty bad. Um, I kind of pride myself on some of the dumb ideas I have. I don't tell everybody I'm, uh, but, um, a matter of fact, I think, uh, often when I'm approaching these, that, that some of them are so stupid, um, that I even think like, why, why did I even come up with that? Um, but then every so often that you think of a problem or, or you say something like someone should fix that, um, or, uh, that was, that's so crazy that it just might work. And, uh, what do you do then? Well, here is a couple ways uh, that I approach how to deal with the constant flow of ideas that I have in my head. The first thing is that I suggest keeping an idea journal. Uh, now, uh, this journal can be a written journal, like a, you know, if you love paper and just walking around with paper, expect to have a lot of them, but that's totally cool. Um, and then you can also do something like Evernote or some kind of cloud note service. That's something that I really like uh, because I have a folder uh, in Evernote that uh, you know dates back about ten years, and every every so often I'll go back into that uh, idea folder and I'll start looking through it and I'll see some of the crazy stupidest ideas I've had, and some of them that were like, "That's interesting. That trend totally passed," uh, or um, that was an, actually an interesting idea that I should maybe come back to. Now, my newest tool that, that's kind of my, my favorite tool right now is that uh, I, have, I have my uh, a new iPad, and this time I got it with, uh, with the Apple Pencil. And I use uh, an app called Note Shelf, 
and it allows me to draw. And what's great about that is that that's typically how my ideas uh, come out, is that they're, uh, they come out in drawings, they come out in, and I like to draw little um, idea bubbles and things like that whenever I'm coming up with something. And uh, what's awesome is that that automatically syncs with my Evernote, and then I can tag it if it has a certain subject or something like that. So it actually is the best of both worlds for me, because I do like to draw and I do like physical paper, but at the same time, I lose paper all the time. And, and the, the idea that you'll be you know, studious enough to uh, keep onto a notebook over the last next 10 years is is rough. So the, the second thing I want to talk about um, is is what you do with those ideas. So, you know, keeping that a journal journal is very important uh, because it keeps it available and it keeps it easy to find. Um, and, and you never know when those ideas will be needed, but how do you know out of, you know, hundreds idea of ideas that you come up with hundreds of problems that you think need solving, which ones do you actually uh, pursue? Um, well, I believe personally that you should not base it on the feasibility of the idea. Most businesses or ideas that were that are anything special uh, started as someone uh, saying uh, something that didn't make a whole lot of sense. Um, you know, it was it was a vision that if you had told somebody, you know, all your parents would be worried about you, your wife would be like, "Sure, honey." Like it's not something that is always going to make a lot of sense to somebody else, and that's actually good. Um, I remember uh, working at my first agency, it was about 2004, and first hearing about uh, YouTube. Um, and uh, I don't remember why I said this, but but I always, uh, this always comes to mind when I hear an idea that sounds uh, a little crazy or outlandish to me. I said out loud, why would anybody upload their videos? Awkward silence. Well, now, obviously, I see why. It's a tool that I use every single day. I think everybody uses it every day. I think, you know, Google bought it for who, who knows how, I don't even remember how many billions of dollars. Um, vision is like that, too. Crazy ideas um, are many times the beginning of something special, um, but it may not look exactly like what you think. And so that is something that I, that I truly believe is not the indicator of how of, of why you should eliminate an idea or filter it out. Uh, here's something that I do think is important, though, as you look at how you filter ideas. What should you base that idea on? It's, uh, it really needs to be based on your personal why. If, uh, if you don't have a solid reason for wanting to pursue the idea, it's just not going to work. Um, you can already stop it right there. If you look at the idea and go, yeah, this is a great idea, you know, I'd, it would be great, some money, it would be good to have money on the side. Um, you know, if you can't really come up with a strong why, it's just not going to work. Uh, Simon Sinek, if you've read, ever read his book, um, Start With Why, um, he says that people don't buy what you do. They buy why you do it. And he's absolutely right. Unless you have that passion for why you're helping the people or or why you think that the, this is something that the world needs, uh, they won't see it either. And honestly, you won't pursue the idea enough because you don't even have a strong enough why. Uh, as soon as it gets hard, you're, you'll be out of there. So here are a couple questions to ask yourself um, to get going with with your why. And this is something that, you know, think of this as homework. Questions, um, by the way, are one of the most powerful tools because they make you they make you have to answer some of the most deepest questions. And so if you can get really good at asking yourself questions or even having some questions that you ask yourself on a daily basis, on a quarter, quarterly basis, um, you'll start to see some serious revolts. So here, um, you know, obviously these are these are a uh, culmination of books I've read over the years, uh, things that I found that have just helped me. Uh, but this is the, the collection that I've put together. So um, 
first one is uh, is really why me? Uh, and what this comes down to is the question of of what do you really want? This may seem like an like an easy question, um, but but a lot of people that I ask that to have a hard time answering it. Um, it's a hard question because um, you know people are not really sure what they're after. Sometimes people think that they're uh, they're after a certain thing. When they when they dig a little deeper, um, the reason they were after that thing to begin with was because they actually were wanting something else, and the thing that they went after didn't actually uh, get them what they what they initially were actually after. So if you you know you need to ask. Uh, that because achievement has everything to do with how bad you want it. Um, I used to think I wanted to, uh, when I was early, earlier in my life, I wanted to be a rock star because, you know, when you're a teenager, that's what you want to do. Uh, but I, I, I sang and I played guitar. I've been playing since I was 13. <clears throat> I've been in like five bands. Um, and it's really funny to go back and listen to those because uh, essentially they were always just kind of like knockoffs of the bands I was listening to at the time. So like I have my my earlier in my life when I listened to Metallica and it's like all, all the bands I was in sounded like Metallica. And then, and then there was like... Like the the part where it's like when Creed was really uh, big. Yes, I know. I'm sorry. I, I I listened to Creed. I thought they were awesome, and uh, and our you know and yeah you know, my my voice sounded a little like this. But uh, but as it goes through the year, it was just a bunch of trends. So you know, I, I'll, I'll save you uh, from having to listen to those bands. But even more, uh, when when I, I even tried and thought about, I never actually uh, pursued it. But I thought about going on American Idol uh, because it was you know people. People were doing that, and um, and what's interesting is that uh, the truth is, is when you look at the people that actually make it, um, or if you look at the the stories of people that have actually made it to stardom or something like that, it's uh, they they did things like they slept in their car. Uh, they were homeless. Uh, they went on dis- on auditions for years. They played the club circuit for years. Um, the people that don't have those stories uh, are like lottery winners. Most of the time, that's how it happened. And, and the only reason it can happen like that is because they wanted it so bad. And the truth is, is that when I looked at, you know, any effort that I had to be some kind of rock star, it's like, yeah, I actually had, I, I had some talent, but I didn't want it bad enough. I wanted, I didn't really want a tour. I didn't, you know, I didn't really, um, you know, I didn't really want that kind of lifestyle. I actually kind of a homebody. Like I kind of like to stay home a lot. Uh, you know, I like fireplaces and Netflix. I like camping. <laughs> these are, these are things that people that are not rock stars do. <laughs> so, so it's really interesting for me to look back now and go, okay, well, the reason those didn't happen was not because of something that misfortune that happened to me. It's because I didn't really didn't want it bad enough. Another quick story real quick is I, I also uh, thought a little f- further ahead that I, I wanted a big company and that I wanted to be the founder of this movement and this big company. Um, and that I actually, you know, felt like I got closer on definitely closer than American Idol or, or being a rock star. Uh, and I did create a great company and, uh, you know, we had, we had employees and we had revenue and we had customers and we had a brand. Um, and it was tied to something that was very close to me. So at least in terms of filters, it was a lot closer to my personal why. And it was something I was super passionate about. It was uh, helping causes tell their story. And matter of fact, even my personal why hasn't been massively different. So I think one of the reasons that it really worked is it was it was closely tied to my why. I was willing to go through some suffering uh, to, to allow that mission to happen. Uh, but after five years or so, I did feel kind of claustrophobic. It's it's the reason my my entrepreneurial brain would start to look around at different things I could do. Things that you want do change and evolve over time. And so you have to go back and ask yourself that question quite a bit. Uh, the truth is that I found out now is that I 
absolutely love helping uh, leaders realize their unique vision. I use a lot of the same techniques. Matter of fact, uh, a lot of the things that I do now uh, for entrepreneurs are a lot of the things that I used to do specifically for people that were starting causes or for for groups that were in a larger cause. Um, and so that that's pretty on. The tweak is that I've realized is that. Uh, Personal freedom is something that is very valuable to me. It's something that uh, in everything that I look at in, in my life, I tend to pursue. I tend to pursue financial freedom. I tend to pursue um, different kinds of careers that are very flexible. Um, I don't like to feel uh, tied down. It's funny because me and my wife talked about this. The only things that I really feel super comfortable about being tied down with are being married and having my kids. I'm cool with that. Matter of fact, I'm pretty, I'm pretty okay with my house too. But everything else, you know... It just makes me kind of squirm a little bit. I just need some. I need some moving room. And so, finding out what what is unique about you and the unique thing that you want, it's going to be different for every single person. So it's important for you to keep digging and constantly dig and make sure that you're on a path. Because if you don't, it doesn't mean a version of your idea won't work. But it is very common to create something that did work that you don't even like. Uh, or a lifestyle that you that, that you didn't even want in the first place. I think next is uh, is really asking yourself why now. And so, um, is is there some kind of there might be some kind of opportunity that comes up um, that uh, you know there, somebody's asking you to pursue something? Maybe maybe you heard about some investment. Um, you know, uh, somebody you, you might feel some pressure like something needs to happen now. Maybe there's a a building or a house that's like, oh, it's been on sale and it's it's never been this cheap. If you don't ask yourself why now, then then you may pursue the wrong ideas. And in some cases, there may be opportunities you need to uh, pursue that you've decided not to do. You're going to stay still because you never asked yourself the question, is this the right time to do? Because sometimes you need to go and sometimes you need to pursue it. And other times, it's just not the right timing. Um Really, the truth is that many ideas have failed not because of the idea itself, but because of timing. Another one, and this is a quick one because uh, this is this is worth a whole uh, whole episode. Um, is uh, what's the problem that it's solving? So, um, most ideas are just something. A lot of times, they start with something you want to do. Uh, here's what my passion is. Uh, this is what I want my life to be. Um, but the truth is, is that ideas that earn money, um, that they earn money because they solve some problem or some sort of felt need, uh, for someone else. Uh, remember your business will not be about you. It'll be about helping someone else. And then they're going to give you money for that. So, uh, so the question you need to ask is what is the real problem this is solving? And you need to keep asking yourself until it makes sense until keep asking yourself until you're like, oh, and that person has that problem, and that person has that problem, and that person has that problem, and here's how it solves it. Um, the, the final question uh, you should ask, these are all go by your why. And by the way, um, I have a ton of questions around these, and, and I'm going to be creating a resource for this that will allow you to be able to have a, at least a catalog of ideas to ask yourself. Um, but you need to ask yourself, who else? So in, in most cases, your idea will take more than just you. Um, Unless you have unlimited abilities, tons of time, a giant bank account, um, unless you have those things, and some people do, um, but unless you do, you need to ask yourself, uh, who can you partner with uh, to make this idea happen? Um, 
the idea that that you know you have to own 100% of everything you do um, I believe is sort of a myth I think that the, that a lot of times if you can work with someone else you make the pie bigger and so it actually still creates the revenue that um, uh, that you could have done by yourself but it makes the pie bigger so it means that the, the amount of money probably would be about the same but less effort and the idea is more likely to work so you need to ask yourself things like who can I team with um, is this something that that I should uh, uh, part with somebody on. And again, another episode, I'm writing these all down to make sure that we have uh, tons of topics. But who is um, who best complements your skill set with skill sets you need? Because if you don't do it that way, well, then guess what? You're just going to have to have a bunch of money because unless you're teaming with somebody, you're paying somebody. And uh, and that's something that you have to be prepared for, which means you know fundraising and all that kind of stuff. So um, this is kind of the, the you know, uh, Something that uh, I know a lot of people uh, struggle with is this little next little topic is um, is the idea of just testing it a little. Uh, so when you come up with an idea, most of the time you are coming up with uh, you're coming up with a version of that idea. That if you're you know if you're a visionary, a lot of times it may be something that's five ten years down the road. It's something like you know you're visualizing the Facebook that we know today, uh, not the Facebook that uh, that we knew you know when it started. Um, and the, the face that, that particular vision of it takes a ton of work and it may be wrong too. So, um, the idea that you should, should make everything about what that vision is going to be and start working towards that vision is not as important as what we talked earlier about what the problem itself. So what I suggest, um, is to test that idea a little. Um, and I don't really mean asking people's opinion. Uh, Steve Jobs had a great quote. Um, that uh, if he asked people what kind of phone they wanted, uh, they would have told him a better BlackBerry. Uh, and he said that because a lot of times people really don't know what they want. I spent tons of times in the advertising industry in focus groups, and people didn't people didn't know what they wanted. They would just respond to certain things, and so you had to be really careful about what what you chose to listen to. There were definitely insights into what they said, but they also didn't know what the right answer was. So you can't take the answer from them. Um, instead, what I would do is, uh, make a prototype or, or a pilot, something that is, is cheap, um, that, uh, you know, you may have to put a little money into it, but it's, but it's a way to get feedback. And, um, and this could be as easy as selling a version one on Facebook marketplace or on like an Etsy, Etsy store or, uh, or simply emailing your friends, texting some people that, you know, um, there's a lot of ways that you can push something out very cheap and it's a small version of it and it doesn't cost a lot of money. And if they start showing some interest and if they buy it, guess what? You got something. If they don't, there's probably something you need to tweak. Um, this really helps uh, in you not spending your life savings on a version of an idea that is not going to take off uh, and allows you to keep tweaking it and keep getting new ideas to come back with. Um, it's, and it's helpful, too, because most likely, even in any kind of business, you're probably not going to start achieving revenue right away. You're, you're really just going to uh, get feedback. And so um, my first suggestion is you now take that idea that you've, you've taken out of your, your notebook, you decided to pursue it, you've answered some of these why questions, you, and now you've, you've built something that allows people um, to – say you're writing a book, send out a pre-order to it. Say you're, um, you have a, a specific product, make, make a version of the product and then pre-order it. The reason is because if someone won't even 
ask a question about it or pre-order it, the likelihood that it was going to sell after it was all produced is pretty low. So it is, I think it's a really smart idea. Um, and then that leads me to the the final uh, the final one, which is uh, don't get don't get discouraged um, if if everybody turns it down. Um, you know, if you, if you have a prototype and no one wants to buy it, uh, but you st- still really believe in the idea, um, you know, you're either delusional, um, cause it may just be nutso, um, or you just haven't come up with the right version of the idea yet. So, uh, you need to keep tweaking and decide, and you really need to decide how much money you're willing to put into it, uh, before people say yes. Um, if people are saying no, ask questions like, you know, why is it that you're not interested in this? Uh, what is it that would make you interested in this? Uh, and get that feedback and start incorporating it into the next version of the prototype. So, because the truth is that grit and persistence is the reason that that people really win. It's not it's not always the product. The idea that the the myth that you're going to come up with some idea and it's like you know God just blessed you with this revelation that no one else has ever tried or it's worked out before. That's not that's that's really kind of a myth. Uh, what really happens is that is that you have persistence to hear no enough and to get inside enough to change something. Um, uh, to where, you know, to where, it, you know, a version of it finally starts working. Um, there's a, there's a pretty, uh, famous story by the you end. Know, there's a billionaire, um, her name's Sarah Blakely. You guys probably heard of her. She, she has the Spanx company. Um, I actually got the privilege to work with her on her nonprofit years ago. And, uh, she tells a story, um, all the time about going door to door with her red backpack and it had her Spanx prototype in it and people would turn her down house after house after house. And she would just keep on going. She just walked to the next house, walked to the house. I mean, what it really takes to hear no that many times is a serious grit and, uh, and you just keep incorporating it back. It doesn't mean, you know, being totally delusional and just going, well, people don't know what they want and you can't blame them. They're the market. They're the people that are going to buy it. Going along with that is I'd also say, don't get so tied to the idea. Sometimes people get personally tied to it. And the truth is, is because they're scared of personally failing. They feel like it's a reflection on them. Um, but, uh, what I would recommend is give yourself a time limit and decide how long you'll work on this before it before it makes money. If you're willing to sacrifice and put, you know, 6 months a year for the sake of your spouse and for everyone involved, say this is how long we're willing not to make money. Um, and this is when we think we will make money. Don't, you know, don't fall into the trap that you, uh, you are not in it for the profit that you're just, you're just in it for the people. Profit is what will make, you know, this business. And a lot of times, even nonprofits, don't, if you're a nonprofit leader, don't take this out. This has nothing to do with intentions or why you're doing it because, you know, but the truth is, is that, um, is that money and profit is what will make the organization succeed. And so don't fall into the trap of just saying, I'm not doing this for money and I'm putting all my money into this and cause you, you will make yourself miserable instead, you know, uh, set a time limit to it, work really hard to achieve that time. limit. You'd be surprised just by setting it, you'll actually work harder to achieve it. Um, and it's also going to save you from putting your life savings, um, you know, if it into it, if it doesn't, which reminds me, don't go into debt for an idea. You are just asking for it. Don't go into this. You don't have an idea of what something's going to be and then go, oh, I need to go take a second mortgage out of my house to make this happen. That is, uh, that's foolishness. And not, I know not everybody's going to agree with me, um, but I have, you know, I have so many examples of, of people, including myself, that, you know, you try, you try to leverage because you just know an idea is going to go through. And then it pers- and not then not only does the the idea tank, but then you also personally tank. It is it's rough. So I would not recommend doing that. All right, man, that was a lot to talk about, and uh, and I'm so glad I got that all out because that, these are things I've been thinking about all week. Um, well, that's it for episode two 
listen, if you enjoyed this episode, um, I simply ask a couple things that you would subscribe to it uh, on iTunes. Um, and we're also on Stitcher and a couple other um, of the um, uh, podcast uh, subscription uh, programs. Uh, and then uh, just so you know, when you subscribe and, and, and then you review it, that actually helps people see it. So I actually that you actually review this. If you're still on the fence, well, then just keep listening because I'm, I'm hoping to come up with a lot of great content for you. Um, and then we also have a Facebook group um, that you can go and be part of, um, the Startup Sanctuary Facebook group. If you go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Startup Sanctuary, um, then you can join and ask to join. And listen, this is simply a group uh, to encourage you, uh, give you some tools, um, and, and really just have everybody help each other on the, this uh, entrepreneurial journey. Um, so, uh, that is it for today. Uh, listen, I'm Josh Webb. Um, also, uh, if you want to reach me, the easiest way is just by going to webadvisorygroup.com and, um, and there are some more resources there and other material like this. Um, every episode I end with a quote, um, and this one's from Andrew Carnegie. I really liked it. Uh, he says, uh, people who are unable to motivate themselves must be content with mediocrity no matter how impressive their other talents. That's rough, man. But it's totally, totally true. So be sure to challenge yourselves. All right. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time on the Startup Sanctuary Podcast.